did you take, you should take your bulletin home this week and you should read several times the text to this hymn piece that the choir just beautifully sang. Be in our struggles so that we may live able to differ and to forgive. Heal our divisions with your embrace, weaving them into your fabric of grace. It's a beautiful, those are beautiful words and uh, beautiful prayers that we should inhabit with who we are. And, and I preached last Sunday on Christian fellowship and, and how I actually believe that, that in a crazy divided world, Christian fellowship is the, the maybe last best hope we have to bring folks together that through difference, through any other kinds of things, at the very least we have Christian fellowship. And there's much to not praise about folks from television. But when I sat down last Sunday night to, like the kids had finally gone to bed, and I scrolled through Spectrum, which it might be cheaper, but Lord, there is nothing on TV. And... um, no reservations. The Anthony Bourdain show was on, and it was West Virginia. And I have always had a soft spot for West Virginia because I loved rafting there, and I have loved skiing there, and I think it is just a gorgeous, beautiful place. And Anthony Bourdain, this radical, liberal, punk rock chef of a guy who makes television shows from New York City gave this opening monologue that was, of course, written about a place 600 miles or 300 miles to the southwest that represented everything that wasn't him. And for the next hour, they they found common ground around humanity and around life and around food. And I haven't watched every episode of No Reservations. I've watched three or four. But in that hour of TV, I thought, if, if I could have found, like, that was what I wanted to preach. And this, this was what I wanted to preach about fellowship. Heal our divisions with your embrace, weaving them into the fabric of grace. So Christian fellowship's important, and if you want to go use me throwing my phone around the pulpit to listen to last week's sermon podcast, you are more than welcome to. Um, but, but musing and thinking about the importance of Christian fellowship, I think, is something we should continue to hang on to. Now, today's the last of four sermons on back to school, back to basics. We've talked about fellowship, we've talked about discipleship, we've talked about worship, and today we talk about service. So I'm going to read two passages, one, a, a, a section from that passage in Acts that's listed, and then a section from... James chapter 1. So first, we hear from Acts chapter 2, verses 43 through 45. It says, Awe came upon everyone because of the many wonders and signs that were being done by the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. And now from James chapter 1, starting in verse 19. Understand this, my beloved. 
Let everyone be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger. For your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sorts of witness, uh, all sorts of um, sordidness and rank growth of wickedness and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. Oh, be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the world and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and then on going away immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers or who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. And if anything, they are religious and do not bridle their tongues, but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Because religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for the orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so today we talk about service. Christian service. And we know that we are supposed to engage in acts of Christian service. We know we're supposed to minister and care for one another. We know we are supposed to care for the orphan and the widow. We know that the early church got together and they pooled all their resources and existed as this collective of sorts that's very different from what we could see actually coming into reality for ourselves today. I suspect every one of us who's gathered today knows that you're supposed to love your neighbor, help your fellow man, and you do it because... Of Acts, you do it because of James, you do it because Jesus said so, you do it because your mama told you you're supposed to. We know we're supposed to do acts of service, and today it's not the what of do good things. It's it's maybe the why. Why why are we supposed to engage in acts of service? And is there a reason beyond because God said so? that would help us remember why we're supposed to engage in service? I, I, I came up with at least three answers to this that, that we can think about today. Three answers as to why it's good for us to engage in acts of Christian service. The first is because it fuels and balances our faith. The second is because we can serve the world like no one else can. And the third is because it changes us. And so in that vein, I don't know really if there's anything new that you will hear today. But I hope that in hearing it, you will remember the ways that you have engaged in service in the past and it impacted you. And you might be reminded about ways that you'll be called into service in the future. And it will impact you and impact the world in the most meaningful of ways. Now the first reason we engage in acts of service is because it fuels our faith. And it, and it balances our faith. 
And I can't decide if this is an unfortunate image or if it's the perfect image for you to carry with you in this particular week. But when I think about the way that service works with discipleship and fellowship and worship, well, I think about a hurricane. We're all paying attention to hurricanes this week. Most of us are aware that Florence very well may impact us. And so let's use the word impact instead of destructive. And while you watch the storm come, listen to how they talk about the storm. They've already been talking about it. If I had visual images, I could show you what I'm thinking. So I'm going to try to describe it. But in a hurricane, they, talk, they will talk about the quadrants. The northeast quadrant, the southeast quadrant, the southwest quadrant, the, the northwest quadrant. They'll talk about areas of the storm that are stronger and areas that are weaker. And when the storm is, is at its most impactful, usually out over the water, it's perfectly balanced around that eye. Each quadrant has about the same amount of storm power in it. There's no one of those four quadrants that is not doing its part. And, and well, that's what makes it a great image for the spiritual life. As our spiritual lives spin and grow, they are the most impactful when they can be balanced. Oh, James says, don't just be hearers of the word, but also be doers. Don't just be worshipers, but be disciples. Don't just be disciples, but be servants. Don't just be servants, but be in fellowship with one another. And don't just be in fellowship with one another, but worship with one another. And be disciples together. And serve together. And share life together. When the storm starts to break apart, one of the quadrants, maybe that northwest quadrant will start to break down and the storm won't be able to fuel itself anymore it won't be able to keep going once it's unbalanced and it will become a a rainstorm that is powerful of course and it'll move out of the way but it can't make the biggest impact and so service is a part of a balanced christian faith You can't properly balance your faith life out without engaging in acts of service. And so it is practical that we engage in acts of service. Now secondly, service changes us. Service changes us. We think a lot about how we can change the world, and that'll be the third point. But, but secondly, service changes us. And I think, it's, I think it's okay for us to think about the ways that engaging in acts of service and caring for one another creates a positive impact on, on us. This week I was listening to the radio in the car, and I was reminded about the impact that service can have on us by a radio story that had nothing to do with Christian service, except it, in a way, had everything to do with it. The conversation was between a radio host and a college, college admissions officer from Georgia Tech. 
And they were telling the stories about mistakes that people make when they're trying to get into college and trying to uh, ingratiate themselves to a university so that they can get, get accepted into the school. In talking to this admissions officer, he, they were sort of pointing out some of the, the funny things that happen as it relates to, to 17 and 18-year-olds trying to get into school. One of the mistakes, of course, was that um, eager mothers and fathers would write emails to the admissions office from their own email address pretending to be their child. Except a couple hundred words in, they, they inadvertently switch over from I think I will love Georgia Tech to I am sure she will love Georgia Tech. The other one that happens quite regularly is, is the, the applicants don't, in their essays, know how to use the find and replace feature from Microsoft Word properly. And so they, they compose an essay that says, I'm so thankful for the wonderful tour of Georgia Tech and your gracious hospitality. After being on campus and learning all about all that your school has to offer, I am confident that Duke is the place for me. <laughs> To which the admissions officer very well might say, then that is something you need to take up with Duke, but you're trying to get into Georgia Tech. People make mistakes, but the last thing that they said about the essay was, and they were kind of rolling their eyes at it, there's always the mission trip essay. This is what the admissions officer said. He says, it's great to go on a mission trip, it's great to have a cultural experience, but inevitably... The essay reads so predictably. We flew down to somewhere in Central America. We got off the plane. It was really hot. We got on the bus. About 20 miles outside of the village, our bus broke down, and we got picked up by a chicken truck and taken into the town. Then, over the course of my time there, I went expecting to help others, but it was, in fact, me who was changed. I went, in, I went helping others, and I was the one who was changed. Now, as an admissions officer trying to let kids into college, you can understand why they might roll their eyes at this. But if going on a mission trip changes you, then you should go on a mission trip. If rebuilding churches, a church in Tarboro, changes you, then you should rebuild a church in Tarboro. Or you should connect with refugees and help, help provide a safe shelter for them. Or you should look fondly upon your time with touching Miami with love or in those hills of western Kentucky, right on the border with West Virginia. We serve in large part because it changes us. Yes, it helps someone else. And that's important, and we'll get to that. But if you need to be jump-started, if you need a jolt in your faith, if you need something else, maybe, maybe you need to look out and see who you can serve and not just look in. 
The third reason, of course, is that we, I believe, as Christian people, can change the world. If we're not here to change the world, then I'm not sure what we're here for. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And when his son was here, he interacted with a guy named Zacchaeus. You remember the Zacchaeus story, of course. Zacchaeus was a rich man, a tax collector. He was searching for something. He had heard the good news about Jesus, and so he did what he could to get a glimpse of Jesus, thinking, all I need is a glimpse, only to find Jesus was coming over. Jesus came over for a meal, and as soon as Zacchaeus had that experience with Jesus, he was changed. And he wanted to make a difference for those who were in need. After his visit with Jesus, after one visit with Jesus, Zacchaeus declares that he'll give half of all he has to those who need it. He'll give half to those who need it. And to anyone he had defrauded, he'd pay them back four times what he had defrauded them. Which may mean Zacchaeus is about to go broke, or maybe it means that Zacchaeus was one of the honest tax collectors, and he wasn't defrauding people as much as we might think that he was. But he gave away half. At the CBF gathering this summer, Pastor Kevin Cosby, uh, an African-American pastor from Louisville who gave a eulogy at Muhammad Ali's funeral, he was talking about a project and he brought up the story of Zacchaeus and he said, Zacchaeus met Jesus. He truly met Jesus. And he immediately gave away half of his stuff to help those in need. Pastor Cosby went on to ask the question of a whole bunch of folks Baptists who had traveled to Dallas. Many of them were preachers like me. And said, a lot of us here have been talking about how much we love Jesus and how much we had experienced Jesus the other day, but we still have all of our stuff. We ain't given away anything, let alone half. Which makes me think, Not necessarily that we have to give away half our stuff. As much as it is when we engage with Jesus, when we have an experience of faith, we are called to serve and make a positive impact on the world. Zacchaeus was the recipient of ministry from Jesus and he went on to make a big impact outside of himself. The recipients of God's mission in the world should want to impact the world also and should be willing to do that in ways that no one else is. And so whether that's the first thing about service or the second thing or the third thing about service, the reality is the Christian church and the Christians in the church have a call to change the world in a way no other institution does. Oh, there's lots of businesses and institutions who are seeking to do philanthropic good. But Tom's Shoes is not salt and light. Warby Parker can help everybody see, but they're not caring for the orphans and the widows the way we're supposed to. 
The church is to incarnate God's love so that when Jesus comes in, we become the ones who realize that little else matters except that experience of God and the impact we can make on others because of it. We make an impact on the world because Jesus made an impact on us. We make an impact on the world because we're changed. We make an impact on the world because we have a balanced faith. To Christian service, it's a part of a balanced faith. I don't think it's the most important part. I think all four parts are just as important as the other. But I think it is important to see the ways that it can impact us because it can fuel us and keep us balanced in ways nothing else can. It does change us. Christian service changes us. And we need to be changed. And it's okay to say that. And finally, we we serve because as followers of Jesus, we need to make an impact that no one else can or is willing to do so. So when you think about where you've served in the past and how it has had an impact on you, let your mind wander in the next couple of minutes and be recalled to that, to that feeling of of service and that, that experience of the call that you had placed on you. And by reviewing those things, I hope you're encouraged of where you've been in the past and you're encouraged about where God's leading you in the future. But as I've said already, if you're searching for something, if you're stuck in a rut, if if you need a jolt or a kick in the pants or something like that, if you're wanting more but not sure where and how to find it, I offer Christian service. There are ways that you can serve. And I believe that by engaging in Christian service, it will fuel and change you in ways that nothing else can. It will put you in touch with Jesus and reshape your heart and soul, just like it did for Zacchaeus. And so today, for those of us wanting something else, something different, something more, something new, something that nourishes our faith, consider a call to serve. And let us all be Christians together who work hard to serve the world and change the world as only we can because we've been changed by the God who loves us. Will you pray with me? Loving God, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for the songs that have been sung. We give you thanks for the reverence that this service has had. And Lord, we give you thanks for all the ways that you provide and care for and bless us. And so, Lord, today we ask not just that you would continue to provide and bless and care for us, but Lord, open up our eyes to the ways that we might serve you and serve others. Open up our eyes to the ways that we might be changed and that we might change the world around us. Oh Lord, open up our eyes so that we might change this world so that your kingdom might come, your will might be done here on earth now as it will be in heaven someday. 
this, O Lord, as our prayer, and we offer it in your name today. Amen.